0: And Welcome to another edition of Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, where Team Needham discusses everything healthcare. I'm your host, Sean Needham, along with my producer, Lindsay, and we are streaming live from the Moses Lake Professional Pharmacy Studio, and we have Dr. Ross Carter back on today. He has been on our show a few times. This is his third time on, and he is going to be talking about sleep. Last time, if you remember right, he talked about continuous glucose monitoring. I tell you, that was a well-received episode. I shared that over a bunch of different channels and um, well-received. So thank you, Dr. Carter, for that. Um, go back to that episode, C- continuous glucose monitoring. You don't want to miss that. There's a lot of good information from that episode. So um, so thank you, Dr. Carter, for that. And um, what, I, what we're going to talk about today is sleep. And sleep is more important than food. Yes, I said it. Yes, I said it. (laughs) We will die without sleep before we'll die without food.
1: That is absolutely
0: true. That's right. And I will talk often on this podcast about there are really three things that we can do to keep our bodies healthy. That's sleep, exercise, and um, eat. (laughs) And of those three, the most important is sleep. Of those three, you might be surprised, the least important is exercise. I'm not saying it's not important, but food and sleep are more important than exercise. And without further ado, then, let's talk about sleep and how we could die without it before we would die without food. Dr. Carter, (laughs) welcome.
1: Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. So, uh, yeah, that's interesting. I liked your topic. You know, I like how you say it. You will die bef- uh, without sleep before you would die without food. Well, what's even worse is how you would die. Uh, you literally go crazy. Um, mm. It just—it's—it's a, it's a horrible way. I mean, dying without food, you just get hungry for a longer period of time, and then eventually you die. But with uh, without sleep, you have a, a f- pretty fast progression into going insane. So that's uh that's a scary. It's a scary way to go. Honestly, no, thank you. Yeah, exactly. So what I what I have to share with you, I'm going to give you 10 steps to start sleeping better. Uh, starting tonight would be a, a good night. Right. So th- those are my my uh, these will be my recommendations and in, in really how to restore the sleep. Because the thing about sleep, which is interesting, is it's uh, it's something we can control and we can we we have full control of it. We just don't know that we do. A lot of people you think it's just the way you know that's we're born this way and you can't change it. But there are, are things to do. And when I do a seminar live, I, I do this once a week. I'll do a presentation, uh, and I ask the people. This is a live seminar, not on uh, not on Zoom. And I ask everybody in the audience uh, uh, to stand up. And I'll say, okay, sit down if in the last only, the week only, you've had perfect sleep every single night. You know, every night was good and you had no challenges. And out of a room of, say, you know, 50 people, maybe one or two will sit down, but the rest of the people are still standing. They've had at least one night in one week uh, that was a challenge. And then we can I just continue to go down and, and see. And, you know, what's surprising, there are people that have every night they have a problem with sleep. There are different conditions that arise, but there are so many, many challenges that when it comes to sleep and for your audience, I'd ask, you know, think about it for yourself. Have you in the last week had problems tossing and turning, falling, uh, having trouble falling asleep? You wake up more than you should. Uh, Maybe you don't get the energy, uh, the sleep that you, you think you should. You wake up tired or you wake up earlier than you want to. You know, if this is you, then, you know, this is the right place for you. Or if you're not having problems, somebody in your family or somebody you know is. So, um, and a lot of times it's not our fault because uh, many of us have tried different sleep solutions, but it's usually based on marketing and advertising. We learn about sleep based on a drug that we're supposed to take from a pharmaceutical company or a nutritional product that's being promoted by someone. And they're saying, hey, look, you know, this will solve ninety percent of sleep, and I don't know where they get these statistics, but they typically are not true. Because when I've ever had uh, had sleep challenges, which I've had, uh, and I'll share with you in a minute, but uh, you know, just taking some one supplement it never has solved my problem ever, um, because there's a lot of different issues that could be going on, and pharmaceutical companies they they're just looking out there for for new, new, uh, new clients. You know, they're always looking to a way to make money because they're not a friend. They're, they're really a business, uh, that is looking to make money. So everybody's a customer and you know, what's scary is big pharma and the insurance companies control so much. I'll give you an example. In 2019, before the pandemic, they, they did the gross revenue for big pharma. $1.2 trillion in one year. Trillion dollars. $1.2 trillion. right? Okay, you're like, holy crap, that's a lot. Yeah, how about your insurance companies? $140 billion. So you put those together, and they are the, the big controlling factor of doctors, hospitals, research, government, you name it. These guys have giant control of what we are exposed to. They'll, you know, if you look on TV, they'll, a third of the commercials are some drug that we need to take to to we need to ask our doctor if it's right for us right you know it's always one of those and uh, sleep is an issue uh sleep is a popular one you've got lunesta and ambien which is ambien is the the most popular drug uh, uh for for sleep there is and you know and that's really unfortunate because they're very addictive even though what they'll say at least, at least when they first started they're like oh these aren't addictive but they are addictive there's two there's different types of addiction there's you know physical and chemical but you can like maybe not be chemically addicted to it but you think you're you you need it and your brain has so much control so really what i wanted to share with everyone is is some steps to take to really start sleeping better tonight um and i i'm really an expert in this area because i've had my own experience with this i've been trained on it but but i had my own experience and i and i want to share that with you um it's it's actually an embarrassing kind of secret that i don't normally share a lot but when i talk about sleep I used to be addicted to sleep medications for many years, not for just a little while, because I got hooked on uh, one of those medications, Lunesta, when I was having my own challenges after having a situational, uh, emotional breakup. And then I got hooked on Ambien and I hi- tried to hide it from everybody, you know. Um, and uh, it was, I, I, I took it for years until I had. I had to learn how to restore my own sleep. And fortunately, I have a platform, my own show, where I was able to interview 50 of the best sleep experts around the world. And I basically took their information, solved my own problem, and then I teach all of that to other people and condensed it into something easy to understand. So that's what I'm going to share with you. If the statistics before COVID, about 50 to 70 million Americans. Uh, have problems with sleep. Thirty percent of those are from occasional insomnia, and ten percent have chronic. That's a lot of people. Ten percent of uh, of America has chronic insomnia, and it it's really critical that we sleep. Like you had said, it, it will we will die absolutely. But even before we actually physically die, there are, there are other problems that that occur, um, and you know you that's when your body is repairing itself. That's really what happens. I'll give you an example. Um, every year, I want to see if you can you answer this question. Every year, our country has conducts a sleep study every single year. And you're a part <laughs> of that if you're in the United States. Most people twice a year. Have- that is right. It's twice <laughs> a year, actually. And as you can clearly know what it is, if you don't know what it is, it's called the uh, uh, daylight savings time, right? So daylight savings time is when um, we unfortunately go through a change of time. uh, We lose an hour and we gain an hour. So, you know, that may not sound like a big deal to most people, but what the statistics show, and you can look this up on Google. This is pretty interesting. When we lose an hour in the springtime, that next Monday, we have a 24% increase in hospitalizations from heart attack just on that one day, 24% increase on Monday on Monday. So, well, let's see if, and then what they wanted to do is, well, let's look at what happens after we gain an hour. We have a 21% decrease on, on the next, uh, uh, on the next day, uh, when we have, uh, we gain an hour. So when we lose an hour of sleep, it literally can kill you because you can have a heart attack. Uh, 24% increase of heart attacks during that time. So, you know, sleep is, is, is so important and it's something we can learn and something we can control, which is because, you know, if you think about it, we typically as children, we know how to sleep naturally. It's a natural process, but as we get older, somehow we lose this ability that we we've done our whole life. And I'm going to explain why and, and give you some, uh, psychology of, of sleep and how it works. There's really two kinds of sleep in essence there's rapid eye movement REM sleep and there's non REM sleep and non REM sleep has light sleep so it's kind of like when you're, you're fading off and the deep sleep right so those are the different stages that we go through now when you're going through the dream state the REM state what's happening in your brain is you're learning and you're retaining memories at that time so that's when you're having uh, you're, you're, you're remembering stuff and you're you're storing it so if you have problems with your memory, it might be that you're not getting enough REM sleep. Now your deep sleep is more physical restoration of your body. So that's where your body is starting to do its repairs. So you need deep sleep for your physical body's repairs. Now here are the 10 critical steps. The first one and the primary one you need to look at is your circadian rhythm. Now. Your circadian rhythm is, is basically your body's 24-hour body clock, and it's synchronized, and it, it's functioned uh, and controlled by the rising and the setting of the sun, in essence. However, it's really controlled by light, the, the light in our eyes and when, it, and when the light turns off. Now, it was originally done by the sun. However, we don't live in a society that when it gets dark outside, it's dark inside as well. We have light bulbs. And so what that does, unfortunately, is trick our body to think that it's still light outside uh, due to mainly the blue lights. So uh, our circadian rhythm gives us clues when we should wake up, when we should fall asleep, when we should eat, and really other daily activities. And restoring a a good circadian rhythm is critical for sleep. Um, And you can retrain it. And one of the best, some of the best ways to do that are number one, go to bed at the same time every day, even on the weekends and wake up at the same time. So, because it's on a rhythm, the body likes rhythms. And when you stay up late and drink or do other things on the weekends, and then you try to stay in late uh, in the mornings, it, it messes up your rhythm. So, and the other thing is when you wake up, go outside and get some light in your eyes, go out there and you know exercise. I think is one of the best ways for me i'm always uh um running i run in the morning so i'm getting light i'm getting exercise i'm getting air and so that helps to reset the the circadian rhythm so that's one of the easiest ways to redo that so circadian rhythm uh do the light um get light in your eyes in the morning go to bed and go to uh, wake up at the same time also at night about 2 hours you can use the blue blocking sunglasses to, to, to help with the melatonin production. So those are some easy steps. Sleep pressure is another thing that you want to look at. Sleep pressure is the desire to want to sleep. And if you don't have enough of the sleep pressure, it, it's really difficult to go to sleep. And it, just think about it, when you're, sometimes when you're going to bed, you're, you, all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, I'm so tired, I'm ready to go to bed. And then you have no trouble going to sleep. Or other times you're just like going to bed because it's the right time and then you're not that tired. So that has to do with your sleep pressure. You want as much sleep pressure as possible, and that helps you fall asleep faster. The way to restore that is try to avoid staying in, in, in like in the morning when you wake up. Don't stay in bed a long time. Also avoid uh, late night naps. Napping can be a challenge, it, and it won't give you enough time to build up enough sleep pressure to help you go to sleep. Next thing we're going to talk about, number three, is manage your stress. Now, your stress really affects your body and but how it has to do with something called the HPA activation. The HPA activation, H uh, stands for hypothalamus, the P stands for pituitary and the A stands for adrenals. So basically you've got your hypothalamus in your brain, it sends a signal down to your pituitary and your adrenals and they start to release the stress hormone of uh, adrenaline and norepinephrine, which give you that energy. It's, it's okay to have energy if you're doing exercise and, you know, you need energy. But, you know, it's, it's fine at 10 in the morning when you're exercising. It's not great when it's midnight and you're trying to sleep. Mm-hmm. So that is your HPA access, and you have to look out for that issue. Uh, and that has to do with stress. And there's some solutions which would be, you know, do some yoga uh, it's great to do at night, maybe meditation, other uh, relaxing activities. Number four is your inflammation. Uh, we we tend to have in- chronic inflammatory diets, and inflammation is really the root cause of basically every condition known, known to man: autoimmune, arthritic, heart disease, cancer. You know, and and it contributes to an insomnia. And it what the way it does that is it activates the HPA axis, which I just mentioned. So. What you need to do is look at your diet and make sure that you're you're eating a low inflammatory diet, um, and and you may be sensitive to some of the foods that you're you're having um, that you're eating, and that can stimulate a histamine response or an allergic response in your brain, which can wake you up. You may have heard, you may not have heard of histamines, but you may have heard of antihistamines, which are the medications you can take to take down inflammation or or congestion. And uh, and they usually make you sleepy because when you have a decrease of histamines in your brain, it'll make you tired. So if you if you're eating foods that cause histamines in your brain, it'll make you wake up. Obviously, you need to avoid caffeines, especially in the afternoon or evening. So don't have that coffee with uh, with uh, a dessert after dinner. In fact, actually don't have either one of those after dinner because sugar is also a bad thing for you. Uh, you, cause that'll increase the energy and you don't need that when you're trying to go to sleep, you all, you want to also decrease the irritants that, that you take in your body, gluten, for example, sugar, dairy, lectin, uh, think about maybe having a, a raw uh, organic food diet, which I work at a place called Hippocrates here in West Palm beach. And it's a raw, raw vegan place where they, that's all they eat. It's very, very healthy for you. And it takes down that inflammation mental health. You're really, mental- you're really screwing my lifestyle up. No coffee in the evening and no naps. I mean, I love my daily naps and coffee. <laughs> well, it, when you, when you talk about naps, you don't want to take it in the late afternoon. If you want to do it, like maybe at 12 or, or maybe latest one and, and don't, don't have it for longer than say 20 minutes. So, but you got to have enough sleep pressure so that, so that you have the desire to go to sleep when you're, you're ready to go to bed. But if you don't have a problem with that, then it's not an issue. But I'm just saying for some people, their naps are really making it harder for them to go to sleep at night. Absolutely. And I I
0: recognize that I I know if I sleep... I like coffee too. too, I'm
1: drinking some now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) If my naps are too long, I definitely have a harder time sleeping at night. That's for sure.
1: Or if my naps are too late in the evening. Yep, that'll do it. The fifth one is mental health. Uh, You probably heard on the news that COVID has... Has really uh, enhanced the problems of depression, anxiety, post-traumatic stress disorders, and just you name it. Mental health challenges are on uh, have risen a huge amount, and when you have a mental health challenge, uh, it affects your sleep, and that's one of the primary things that that you'll notice. Um, in 2020, just last year, one in six people started uh, therapy for the first time, which is pretty amazing, and wow. and one of the things that makes that. Uh, easier for us now is you can do these things online. There are there are online services um, that uh, you can use. Like there's like Talkspace and Better Health. These are are relatively uh, inexpensive and relatively they're cheaper than going to a, a therapist in general. And you can do it from the from your own home, so you don't have to travel around or do anything. So you know if you're having some challenges with some depression, insomnia, anxiety, things like that. Then maybe you need to look into getting some some therapy to, to help clear your mind up. And trying to do it on your own is really not a good idea. It usually doesn't work out so well. So this is a way to speed that up. Nutrition number six. You have to have good nutrition, um, regardless. Now, I'm not gonna that, that's a giant topic. So yes, I'm gonna yes. go through through, I'm gonna go through this top seven nutritional deficiencies that most people have. And they're almost alphabetical, at least at the first part. You got your vitamin A, that's a deficiency, vitamin B12, B12, uh, vitamin uh, or C for calcium, D for vitamin D, big time, especially with uh, lack of sunlight. And then you've got iron, iodine, and magnesium. Magnesium is one especially for sleep. So you should get your nutrition evaluated, blood test and see where you stand on these. But these are the most common ones that most North Americans have a diff, have a decrease in, and they should probably supplement their diet, even if they're, if uh, supplement, use supplements, uh, even if they have a good diet, because a lot of times you're just not gonna get enough to, to, to be, uh, uh, to satisfy your body. So those are the most common seven. There's a million other things in nutrition I'm not gonna go through, but I just want you to know there are, you know, nutrition is important. Now, here's one that most people ignore or or haven't thought about is oxygen levels. Oxygen levels are are a big factor with sleep because a lot of times when we go to sleep, or most people when we go to sleep, our, our jaw relaxes and it moves backwards and so does our tongue. It obstructs the airway in the back and we have a tendency to snore. So if you or someone you're with is snoring, that means there's a somewhat of a restriction of it's called an upper airway restriction, and um, and if there's a too much restriction, it can decrease the oxygen that's going into the body, and then if it gets too low, you become hypoxic and your body can't live with that level, so it will wake you up or make you move or something like that. So if you're if you're waking up a lot at night or if you're you're notice you're adjusting yourself too much or a lot. You might have some problems with oxygen content. There are some sensors you can buy uh, that will monitor your oxygen overnight, and that way you can see if you, in fact, have a problem with your oxygen level. Now, you don't necessarily. Some may need uh, to go do a sleep study to see that, but there are simple or easier ways instead of having one of those big helmets on. There's a little ring you can wear at night. I have one myself, and it just tells me if how my oxygen levels are. And, um, if you need to use a little brace for your mouth, you can pull your jaw forward. It'll open up some of the airway in the back and that, that might be able to fix your problem. Some, a simple fix like that is just wear a brace at night that, that pulls your jaw forward. So that's oxygen levels. There's a lot more on oxygen levels. And, uh, if you have problems and you do evaluate yourself, then you may need to do a sleep study. Maybe you need a a CPAP machine. Um, it, it, it varies, uh, from person to person. That's oxygen. Next thing is talks about sleep tracking. When you, when you, when you want to see where you are with sleep, you need to track it. Um, there are plenty of different apps and things like that. You know, you've know, got Whoops and Apple Watches and just a, a plethora of different types of um, uh, devices that can track your sleep as well as your exercise. Now, when it comes to sleep tracking, it's a double-edged sword. Let me explain. Don't let a piece of equipment that tells you how you slept Determine how you're going to feel the next day. And that was a trap I found myself is I was obsessing over the data every day. I would download the data and then I would let that determine how I was supposed to feel. It would say, oh, your sleep score was bad or good or whatever. And then it would say, "Okay, you know, today's a good day to exercise or today's not a good day to exercise or whatever. And I'm like, I like to exercise every day because it makes me feel better. So I so. I the way I think of uh, recommend using sleep tracking is short term. Just see how you're doing at first and then stop using it. Don't wear anything to track your sleep. Uh, And then once you start making modifications, then you can track it again and see if it's improved. So that's how I, I recommend sleep tracking. Otherwise, you can obsess over the data and that's not a good thing. Then there's something called cognitive retraining. It's different than talking about just mental challenges in that there are different therapies like uh, cognitive behavioral therapy for insomnia that is really the gold standard for helping people um, with sleep. Um, it has a lot of uh, a lot of people do it and it really is one of the best types of therapy and you can do this at home. You don't even need a, a therapist. It's really training your mind, retraining your mind into, you know, accepting your life situations as well as retraining your belief structure around what the bed is for in your bedroom so you don't have negative associations so if you're, if you're having challenges with sleep, look up cognitive behavioral therapy for insomnia and it, that's a good way to do it. And the last thing I would say is if you really are having problems and you need some, you need accountability. A lot of times you just don't do what you need to do. Uh, there's coaching, find a sleep coach. I do sleep coaching as well. Uh, but you find someone that can, to, that, that will make you accountable and help you out when you're, when you're stuck and, you're, if you have a problem or a question, there's somebody you can always go to to help you out to to deal with that situation. So sleep coaching is is a great method to do as well. So those are kind of the 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 ten methods that I I, I help people with when it comes to sleep, um, so that they can you know restore their sleep and start it tonight. The thing about the glasses at usually I I put on my um, blue blocking glasses around two hours before I go to bed, like at nine o'clock, if I go to bed at uh, 10 30, 11 o'clock and that works really, really well. And there you can buy them for like 20, $30 on Amazon, but they're extremely effective because you got to signal your brain that it's dark outside. And by watching TV and looking at a computer and watching yeah. our phones, it's tricking our brain to think it's not time to go to bed. And so that can dramatically affect your sleep. And if you do wear these glasses, it can really help.
0: I know some other tricks too. Is make sure your you know your bedroom is dark, um, dark and cold. Yep, yeah, dark and cold. I've heard sixty-five to sixty-six degrees, and I can tell you that I sleep better when it's cold like that. So yeah, you do. Yep. Yeah. Um, some other tricks would be you know the lights. There are all kinds of different lights in your room. Like I know in my room there's um, the alarm. The security alarm, it was yes. just too—it was too bright, and you didn't realize how bright it was until you covered it up and realized how much darker it made the room. So, little
1: tricks like that to cover those things up, I think make make a big difference. Just get some black electrical tape, and and I—it's good to travel with, especially. So when when we travel, uh, but you can use that little tape and just cover all those little things, like you've got your uh, fire fire uh, notification device, you know the the fire fire, um, warning yeah. that has a light on it. You can cover that light up. Uh, usually the powers, power sources, the, the strips especially will yeah. have, uh, lights, uh, any other devices that you're utilizing usually has some indication of power. So there's these little, you know, lights. Um, one thing I, I recommend is, uh, if you have, a a time on your, uh, um, microwave, if you have one, uh, you can cover that up as well uh at night so that you don't stare at the clock um as well. <laughs> that's a that's a thing that you don't want to do is is there because you'll get anxious and that'll make things worse. So um
0: shift workers. You got any comments on that? What do you do with sleep coaching when somebody's a shift worker?
1: Yeah. Well I actually talked to a specialist about that and I send them to them because it, that's tough. Because you're you're in a constant state of messing up your circadian rhythm. Right. You're just You're just always in that situation, so it's really challenging to give them advice or anybody in that that situation because there's only so much you can do because of your your life. So the the tips I was giving were for primary for people that nor- have a normal schedule. When you have a shift worker schedule, that's that's really hard to do, you know, and if you you know what? Well, I guess my advice uh, is uh, is change jobs. <laughs> that, wow. that would be, the, Yeah, I know. It's not that may not be the best advice, but, you know, I, I shifting shift working is tough. You know, one of them, like like say some of the people that work in the medical profession and they have 24 hours or 48 hours like firefighters, I know that's that's some crazy stuff that that's chronic that that really affects you overall in the long term it really affects your health
0: well and there's data out there to show that people that do work shift work and don't follow a normal normal circadian rhythm a diurnal variation like we were made to we're made to work during the day and sleep at night period and sometimes people will get you know, kind of, um, defensive when you tell them that because they're shift workers, but that's just the truth. And there's been data out there to show that they do have health consequences because of shift work. It just reminds us how important sleep really is. And I will say when I have women, um, come into my office and they're having all kinds of hormone issues and they're, you know, they, they work shift work, um, you know, by the time they're in their 40s or 50s, I think it's just starting to, you know, that's when they should start having the conversation that this is really, really having high consequences in in your health. And it's time to start thinking about changing your shift work. So as yeah. hard a conversation as that is, it's just it's just truth. Yeah.
1: Well, that's what I said. I mean, there, there, you know, that's a situation where you put yourself in a terrible a job a job position that that is going to uh really affect your sleep so if you are a shift worker and you're having sleep problems there's not a lot of great solutions you know the medicine you've got medicines that will promote hey we're specializing in sleep for for shift workers but you're still taking a medication so it's very difficult to you know are you
0: familiar with dr matthew walker walker no so he's sleep he the phd does sleep uh um studies not the traditional manner but um Mm -hmm. just studies sleep and he's there's four different pillars of sleep depth duration consistency and continuity
1: and depth this is, is not stool samples right (laughs) <laughs> no. that's what it said. I'm like i'm like wow okay
0: <laughs> and of course you already mentioned depth you know you talked a little bit about that with the rim and stuff like that um but another thing is is, con- is well. and you talked about consistency too it's like how many okay you got great sleep yesterday and you got great sleep the day before but how many days of the week did you get consistent good sleep you know and then it's it's mm-hmm. quantity too how long not just depth but how long did you have um, you know, the, the deep sleep. So those are just some, mm-hmm. you know, different ways. And I'm sure when the aura ring and things like that monitor sleep, I'm sure those are some of the things that it's doing while, while it's doing that along with the other, all the other data, their heart rate and all that kind of stuff. So, so if you want to, fin- if you want to finish up this podcast and in one, in one sentence, what would you say, Dr.
1: I'm- Carter Uh, well, if I wanted to finish the podcast, that was it's a so in regards to sleep, is yeah. Just sum it up. uh, How would you sum up? Yeah. How would you sum up this
0: podcast in one sentence?
1: Or maybe a short paragraph. (laughs) I got it. I got it. It's basically (laughs) that sleep is something that you can learn and you can restore, and it's not something you have to. It's not controllable, so it's something you can learn to fix and uh using those tips and many more those are just 10 because that's a good number but uh that's really it that's that's awesome
0: thank you for that oh you know i do have one question for you alcohol alcohol and sleep Would i like a drink
1: now yeah sure why not <laughs> um how does alcohol affect our sleep oh well i'm not a drinker at all i'm kidding uh okay. but uh yeah, it just, of course, it changes the, the chemical makeup in your body and it just doesn't allow you to function properly. So, alcohol oh, is, not, is not good. And, and when you, you, it's actually the number one sleep aid, actually. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, people take it for, to help them sleep. They just, they don't get good quality sleep. They may right. think they're going to sleep, but they, 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 they they'll usually wake up in the, the middle of the night and it's, it's just not a good, it's not a healthy, uh, A sedative really uh, if you're using it that way
0: right it is a cns depressant it will help you go to sleep but it does not let you have good quality sleep so it is no it is a drug it is no different than relying on a sleep medication every night so um, it's something you definitely want to stay away from i love your tips um you know there's some great information there you've definitely uh, achieved our goal today of educating and empowering individuals to be able to take care of their own health Um, dr carter i i you mentioned you're a sleep coach. So if somebody wants to get a hold of you, how do they do that? Uh, just go to my
1: website. It's really difficult. DrRossCarter.com. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's, a, that's an easy just, one. Just,
1: just my name, DrRossCarter.com. <laughs> and, uh, well, you're at the bottom. Oh, or, yeah, or you can go to my uh, call at 561-962-1231. My email is DrRossCarter at RegenerativeWarrior.com. I have a, my show is called Regenerative Warrior. Or you can just go to my name, drroscarter.com, and you'll find all that information. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on today, Dr. Carter. As
0: always, it is an honor and a pleasure. You uh, are definitely a wealth of knowledge. Thank you so much.
1: It's my pleasure. Thank you.
0: All right. Thank you for tuning in to this edition. You've been listening to Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. Tune in Monday, 1230 to 130 for our uh, Monday podcast. Thank you for listening.